The Mark Stein Show. And now, here's Mark. How are you enjoying the self-isolating, the quarantine, the curfew, the house arrest? Whatever you call it, I'm a wearying of it already, and so just to keep myself from hurling myself into the lake, I thought I'd retool our show as an audio almanac for these contagious times. We'll bring you my coronavirus update and then move on to a few jollier things and circle back to the topic du jour as uh, indeed the killer virus has a habit of circling back. What to pick as the musical theme for our COVID-19 update? I gave it a lot of thought and then I watched the umpteenth White House daily briefing with the decadent halfwits of the Washington Press Corps. So many interesting questions they could ask of all those experts. And instead, they're demanding to know why Trump insists on calling a virus from China the Chinese virus. And will the president distance himself from an unknown and indeed possibly entirely imaginary White House official who supposedly referred to it as the Kung Flu? The crappiest news media in the English-speaking world insist in serious times on remaining entirely trivial, which conversely makes the entirely trivial paradoxically very serious. Maestro. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once more, unto the breach. Everybody was kung flu fighting. Those stats climbed fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. Chai comes of expert timing. There were funky Chinamen. Funky Wuhan town, they were chopping bats up, they were chowing them down. It's an ancient Chinese dish, and everybody says, delish. Chairman Z will book your flight, you'll be in Milan tonight, and everybody starts Kung Flu fighting. Uh, okay, that's, that's, uh, that's enough of that. Some years ago, Simon Ledger uh, was the house singer on Oldies Night at the Driftwood Beach Bar on the Isle of Wight off the southern coast of England, and one night he chanced to sing Kung Fu Fighting, as I'm sure I don't need to tell a scholarly audience such as yourselves. In late 1974, early 75, that was number one in the United States, number one in the United Kingdom, in Canada, Australia, South Africa, all over Europe. So why wouldn't Simon Ledger sing it on Oldies Night? Alas for him... Two passers-by chanced to overhear his rendition. They were Chinese, so they reported Mr. Ledger uh, to the Isle of Wight police, who arrested him for racism. Kung Fu Fighting was written by a black man from the British West Indies, 
And the original record was produced by an Indian arranger. No white men were involved in the creation of this hate crime. Uh, Yet, uh, apparently, in England, when a man sings, there were funky China men from funky Chinatown in the presence of Chinese persons, it's racist, at least according to the wankers of Her Majesty's Constabulary in Britain, a land where... As I always say, everything is policed except crime. Uh, Ever since Simon Ledger was arrested for racism for singing Kung Fu Fighting, I've made a point of singing it on stage everywhere from Toronto, Ontario, to Brisbane in Queensland, uh, to Mansfield, Ohio, and a few other places. If I'd had to pick the hill for Western civilization to die on, it wouldn't have been Kung Fu Fighting. But that's the point. We don't get to pick. And it's one thing to make kung fu fighting the microaggression of the day when nothing in particular is happening. It's quite another to obsess over it when there's a huge, big macroaggression slaughtering its way around the planet. At that point, it becomes necessary to shove the kung flu back down the loser media's gullet until they choke on it. And that is what we intend to do. Uh, It's also necessary to remember not just that China started this thing, but also that China was only able to spread it everywhere around the planet because of the West's decision to outsource its entire manufacturing to a communist dictatorship and provide them with the only economically viable form of communism anyone has ever devised. That was the single worst strategic decision of the last half century. Uh, That's the Chamber of Commerce cheap labor rights contribution to this disaster. The left's contribution is its entire agenda, from globalism and open borders uh, to multi-use grocery bags uh, spreading infection back into the supermarkets. If we're to survive this thing, we need to be thinking right now about what has to change when it's over, because otherwise we won't survive the next one. Uh, And the left's plan right now is to go back to business as usual, only even more so. And with that, your uh, corona cavalcade of the day's headlines. Celebrity virus victim of the day, Clarence House, has announced that the Prince of Wales has tested positive for covid 19. Buckingham Palace has announced that His Royal Highness last saw the 93-year-old Queen on March the 12th, uh, but oddly the palace is not announcing whether Her Majesty has also had a test, and if so, what the result was. Uh, did the Prince get it from uh, Greta Thunberg, who's claiming to have it? Well, he meets a lot of people, and the people he meets meet a lot of people. Dance with a man who's dance with a girl who's dance with a prince of Wales. And that's how it starts. His last public event was a dinner for Australian bushfire relief. So the top table and the fellows at the not quite top table who talked to the guys at the top table and the guys at the table by the toilet door who talked to the not quite top table types are now all dancing it around the planet. Stuart Varney My old chum on Fox Business said this morning that if Prince Charles can get it, anyone can get it. Except, uh, curiously, 
uh, on the Chinese Politburo. Anybody can get it, but not anybody can get tested, especially in America, which still has a very low rate of testing, and in Britain, where I keep hearing that you have to be already hospitalized in order to be tested. Celebrities apparently find it easier. So you know that Tom Hanks has it, and Sophie Trudeau has it, and the Bond girl in Quantum of Solace has it, and the president of Harvard has it, and Prince Albert of Monaco has it, and Senator Rand Paul has it. But not whether your Auntie Mabel or your kid who works at the Quickie Crap has it. Maybe the other reason for its swift reach into the upper levels of the elite uh, is that they're jetting around meeting fellow citoyens du monde, fellow globalists, all year long. If not, the number of celebrity victims who've got it suggests the virus is far more embedded in the general population uh, than the official number of cases would indicate. On the other hand, if you believe the numbers from the dirty, corrupt Beijing Bob doing China's bidding at the World Health Organization, uh, where... Currently at 435,000 cases and racing toward half a million. It took 67 days and a ton of Chinese suppression and lies, 67 days to rack up the first 100,000 cases. The last 100,000 cases were racked up in just a couple of days. London and Madrid are accelerating faster than Lombardy did, uh, with deaths doubling every two days. None of these, quote, official numbers are accurate. The Spanish military has gone into old folks' homes and found them completely abandoned. The aged patients left bewildered and befuddled uh, to fend for themselves and with fellow inmates dead in their beds. I would be interested to know whether they're included in the official daily death toll. Whether or not they are, today Spain overtook China in the number of total deaths. Spain has 45 million people, China a billion and a half. Uh, but Spain has more dead citizens than China claims. A week ago there were 10 countries with over 1,000 deaths. Now there are 28. Pope Francis says the coronavirus is, quote, nature throwing a tantrum in order to get us to be environmentally responsible and focus on climate change. Growing so sleepy. <sighs> because what's needed at times like this is a social justice pontiff fiddling while Rome dies. Uh, whoops, sorry. What's needed at times like this is something that, if not quite a contradiction in terms is certainly extremely rare. An innovative bureaucracy. The CDC, the FDA and FEMA are basically single-purpose bureaucracies that have expanded their missions to drivel uh, at the expense of their core responsibility. As a result, they're nowhere where they should be uh, this far into this thing. Uh, meanwhile, Didier Raoult, the French microbiologist who heads the research unit uh, in infectious and tropical emergent diseases in Marseille, is the guy who took a bottle of hydroxychloroquine, mixed it with uh, azithromycin, and gave it to 24 patients who tested positive for COVID-19. Six days later, 18 of them tested negative. Uh, I, I, I'd, I'd be interested to see if we could do that elsewhere 
uh, around the world, particularly in my own uh, neck of the woods in America. But I'm not sure it's even legal to do that here. And that's before the media decided to blame Trump for some guy drinking his fish tank cleaner. Uh, Locally, uh, from my particular corner of the woods, uh, the governor of Vermont has issued a shelter-in-place order forbidding Vermonters to leave their homes. Why would he do that in a rural state which to date has not been terribly badly afflicted by this thing? Well, two reasons. The neighboring states. Uh, In New Hampshire, it was a genius doctor who knew he was positive who walked it over the Connecticut River from Dartmouth-Hitchcock Medical Center into a social event at White River Junction and introduced it to Vermont. And on the other side, on Lake Champlain, uh, is uh, upstate New York, uh, from uh, to which several New Yorkers, many New Yorkers, uh, from the city will be fleeing. Uh, and when they find conditions not terribly congenial in upstate New York, they might well take the ferry over into Vermont. And these powers give the governor, in effect, uh, the authority to close the bridge from Vermont and uh, to tell the ferry to stop running. Borders matter. Borders matter. All borders now. The open borders crowd is learning that borders matter. Uh, National borders, state borders, and even town borders. When they're not demanding more abortions and funding for the Kennedy Center, what are the Democrats contributing to this debate? Let's check in with the president-in-waiting, Joe Biden, on tip-top form. We have to take care of the cure. That will make the problem worse no matter what. No matter what. We know what has to be done. Let's run that again, Mr. President-to-be. Quote, we have to take care of the cure. That will make the problem worse no matter what. No matter what. Gotcha. Evocative essays, scintillating stories, timely transcripts, even satisfying songs. All of these and more live on at steinonline.com for members of the Mark Stein Club. You've heard him on the radio and seen him on TV, but that is just the tip of the iceberg. From the Stein Online back catalog to exclusive access to Stein's new content, membership in the Mark Stein Club is a must-have for fans of America's undocumented anchorman. Tune in to Stein's nightly tales for our time. Join the conversation in one of his fortnightly live Clubland Q&As or sit back and take in a Sunday poem. Mark Stein Club members also get advance notice of Stein's live appearances. Join the Mark Stein Club now by heading to www.steinonline.com slash club. And now, Stein Online presents Mark Stein's Song of the Week. Well, it's actually a song of the day, I guess. So anyway, a song of the week extra, but we haven't... uh, ordered up the new ident package yet budget cuts and all that you got to be careful uh, with the zombie apocalypse uh, you got to uh, steward your resources accordingly uh, one of the saddest aspects of the present situation is that things you take for granted 
are now suddenly dangerous activities. As you know, if you've seen me in the flesh, it takes hours and hours on the slab to get me ready for television, and I'm entirely reliant on my hair and makeup artists, and they're now both high-risk professions because their work is close up and, uh, and literally in your face. So the hair and makeup departments across the country, across America and across much of the world, have been stood down for the duration, as you'll know if you've taken a look at your favorite telepersonality in the last couple of days. And that makes me uh, sad. Uh, about a week ago, before the social distancing chasm opened up, I was bantering in the makeup room with Rachel and Rosie for what I didn't realize would be the last time. And apropos the lethal virus, I asked Rosie if she knew what song these lines came from. Goodbye, Rosie, the Queen of Corona. And Rosie knew the lines because you tend to know uh, songs that have your name in it. But she couldn't quite pin down the number itself. Can you? Here I am discussing it a few years back with singer-songwriter Paul Simon. There is this thing that some people think, you know, big mainstream singer feels like a change. He goes and sort of dabbles his toes in exotic waters for a bit. Have you, have, have you run up against that kind of criticism? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have. I have. Uh, particularly with Graceland, I did. I think it's, a, I think it's very simple. It works musically or it doesn't. I mean, music is a, music is a free-floating idea and it's available to everybody for everybody's enjoyment. And if you can make something musical, that's the definition of it. The work is what counts. When the papa found out, he began to shout and he started the investigation. It's against the law. It was against the law. Oh, what the mama saw. It was against the law. And with, with me and, and Julio, how, how, did, how did that come about? How, how was that born? Mm, I, you know, I don't, re I don't remember that one really <laughs> clearly. I think I wrote that rhythm, and I think I really like the idea of getting the name Julio into a pop song. And as for the rest of it, it was just a fantasy song. I'm not sure that it meant anything. Although there was a, a sort of a famous interpretation of it here by Truman Capote. <laughs> that, that said, it was, uh, it was all about a homosexual experience in a schoolyard. What, that, that, that you'd had or he'd had? Well, it certainly wasn't one that I had had. <laughs> but I, I don't know that it was one, but that's what he thought the song was about. Well, I'm on my way. I don't know where I'm going. I'm on my way. I'm taking my time, but I don't know where. Goodbye to Rose and the Queen of Corona. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. 
Mama, take me away, but the press let the story leak. Now when the radical priest come to get me released, we's all on the coroner's week. And I'm on my way. I don't know where I'm going. I'm on my way. I'm taking my time, but I don't know where. Goodbye to Rosie, the queen of Corona. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. by Rosie, the Queen of Corona. What does it mean? Either nothing at all, or it's a homosexual fantasy of Truman Capote's. Paul Simon, me and Julio down by the schoolyard, number 22 on the Billboard charts in 1972. Oh, you know what this music means. Mark's Mailbox. Mark's Mailbox. We've done this every which way over the years. We've done it in print, in video, uh, in audio. And uh, I've had readers, listeners, viewers all over the world in all the time we've been doing this. I didn't realize uh, that we have a few in Wuhan. Not many, but a very select number. Uh, including a first-day founding member of the Mark Stein Club, David Kelly Wood. And David writes, I live in Wuhan and have been either quarantined or self-quarantined since around January 10th, as I had a cold before the formal quarantine was implemented. So I'm looking forward to things getting back to, quote, normal, unquote, although it remains to be seen what that means exactly. But because my relatives are all in the U.S., mostly Minnesota and Texas, I'm angry at the attitude of some of the Chinese, and especially the leadership. They're a little like the crappy driver who causes a devastating multi-vehicle pileup, but manages to escape from it unscathed, and then has the gall to observe that the ones who suffered may have been following too closely. Uh, That's a good way of putting it, David. I hope you're safe in Wuhan, and I hope that for you things are getting back to normal. But there's no doubt that China caused a devastating 175-vehicle pileup in terms of the number of countries affected. And in the broader sense, I think, uh, your line about uh, the other, the victims of the crash... Uh, suffered because they were following too closely. In a way, uh, all of those 175 countries are following too closely. China is on the verge of becoming the dominant economic power on the planet. It's buying up resources all over the world. Uh, It's turning Africa into a client continent and other parts of the world too. And meanwhile, uh, the fools in the United States particularly, but also in the rest of the West, who outsourced all their manufacturing to China and did so on the basis that they would somehow still 
retain the upper hand in that relationship are now learning, in fact, that China is the master. Many countries are going to come out of this coronavirus thing weaker. But the worst thing for the planet will be if China comes out of it stronger than ever. And China's pretty confident it can do that. We know there's a three-week period in which 95% of the current infections, around about the time that uh, David was uh, self-quarantining because he had a cold, there was a, a three-week period in, in uh, January, early February, when 95% of the world's infections by this thing could have been prevented if only the Chinese government had been honest. They weren't able to be honest. Then they started a different kind of lie, the one they suckered the Florence mayor and the health commissioners of New York into going along with with their, whatever it was, their Hugger Chinaman program. They made videos, they made propaganda videos to to promote in Italy, encouraging Italian people to hug Chinese people. Italian people did hug Chinese people, and now they're dying in their thousands, and the cemeteries and crematoria can't cope with the dead. China must be astonished at the way respectable news organizations in the United States particularly, are just recycling. I mean, China knows it's got the WHO guy their Baghdad Bob, He's just a pathetic propagandist and shill for China. But that they've managed to sucker the New York Times and CNN uh, into recycling Chinese propaganda is incredible. This thing began with China. It will end with China. And it has to end with us not doing what David said and following too closely. If, if, the, if the upshot of this virus is that we simply go back to business as usual, then we're no longer a serious civilization and, frankly, we deserve to die. Mark Stein's Last Call. The Chaikam virus is overloading the obituary pages, and I want to note a few of the passings before they get lost in the avalanche of deaths. Terence McNally was one of the most successful Broadway playwrights of the last 40 years. He wrote uh, Frankie and Johnny in The Claire de Lune, a touching play about a waitress and a short order cook. If you saw it on screen with Al Pacino and Michelle Pfeiffer. I'm sorry you didn't see it on stage with F. Murray Abraham and Kathy Bates, casting matters. Uh, McNally also wrote Corpus Christi, in which a gay Jesus gets sodomized by Judas Iscariot. Uh, you can imagine what I made of that. And he wrote musicals, including with Kandranab, The Kiss of the Spider Woman. Or later you're certain to meet In the bedroom, the parlor, or even the street There's no place on earth you're likely to miss Her kiss Terence McNally, dead of COVID-19 at the age of 81 
That title song from The Kiss of the Spider Woman is creepily apt for the age of contagion. Sooner or later you're certain to meet in the bedroom, the parlour or even the street. There's no place on earth you're likely to miss her kiss. No place on earth. Sooner or later in sunlight or gloom, when the red candles flicker, she'll walk in the room, and the curtains will shake, and the fire will hiss. Here comes her kiss. Also dead, at the age of 89, Lucia Bose, the winner of Miss Italia 1947. La riconoscete? È la signorina Lucia Bosè, Miss Italia 1947. Porta i suoi 16 anni sotto i fuochi fotoelettrici del teatro Incom per la cresima della gloria, il provino. 1947 was a good year. Lucia Bosè was up against Gina Lola Brigida. And young Lucia beat Signorina Lola Brigida and took the Miss Italia title. She became a leading lady of Italian neorealist cinema. In the 1950s, here she is, not yet 20, in Antonioni's first feature film, Cronaca di un amore. Ecco, anche tu sei cambiata, ti sei messo a fare complimenti. Da quando ci conosciamo è la prima volta. Sooner or later your love will arrive. And she touches your heart, you're alert and alive But there's only one pin that can puncture such bliss Her kiss. I'm no expert on Spanish nobility But as I understand it, the title Grandee of Spain Is the highest dignity in all of Europe The king addresses you as cousin And you are entitled to remain covered in His Majesty's presence, dead of the Chicom virus at the age of 83, Carlos Falco y Fernández de Cordoba was not only such a grandee, but also the 12th Marquez de Castelmoncayo and the 5th Marquez de Grignon, which uh, lesser title he preferred to go by, and which is also the name of his family's wine, which is one of the best wines on the planet. And I would love to raise a glass to him. Uh, but alas, uh, that small pleasure of a glass of Marquez de Grignon is lost to me for the dur- duration. Here is the Marquez de Grignon descending his stately staircase of a morning and greeting his servants. They liked him. Buenos días, Sonia. ¿Qué tal? ¿Qué tal, Susana? Usted es Marqués de Griñón. Sí. Sooner or later you bathe in success and your millions salute. They say nothing but yes, but your power is empty. It fades like the mist once you've been kissed. State of the Nation with Zororo Makamba.
Happy New Year. We have just started a new decade. We're coming out of one of the most dramatic decades in our country's history. This decade saw a lot of big changes, big changes to the economy, big changes to our politics, from changes of currencies to changes of leaders. Dead of COVID-19 at the age of 30, Zororo Makamba, Harari journalist and a rising star of Zimbabwean television. He covered the last sputters of the vile old crocodile Robert Mugabe and outlived that evil nonagenarian monster by a mere six months. He falls down the stairs at the airport. Who can forget all the memes that trended all over the world? Then the man reads the wrong speech in Parliament. You can run, you can scream, you can hide, but you That is almost it for today, except for a brief note with respect to this show's theme tune, which we occasionally get questions about. On Fox News over the Yuletide season, I said that my version of All I Want for Christmas is You had got to number 37 in Uzbekistan. That wasn't actually true. It was merely a joke. But it is true that just the other day, I was, in fact, number 25 in Moldova, with the song Nine Lives. Honestly, don't ask me why. Eminem was at number one. Lenny Kravitz was at number 20. Yours truly at 25. And that loser, Ed Sheeran, way back at number 30. If you don't know my spectacular Moldovan chart buster, Nine Lives, well, back when I was doing my Cat album with my peerless arranger, Kevin Amos, uh, we were looking for a big track 12 to tie the whole concept together, and we listened to this song and that song and couldn't find anything that quite did the trick. So eventually I said to Kevin, ah, to hell with it, let's write it ourselves, which we did. And that's the version that's a big smasheroo in Moldova uh, for some reason. But a year or two later, we were trying to find a piece of music to use as the theme tune for the Mark Stein Show, and we tried this and we tried that, and again, nothing quite did the trick. So again, I said to Kevin... Ah, to hell with it. Let's use Nine Lives. So we did. And that's the music you're about to hear, conducted by Kevin and played by our marvellous band. But you won't hear the vocal uh, that Moldovan groovers are cuckoo for, uh, whose uh, lyrics, like those of Kiss of the Spider Woman, seem vaguely pertinent to these terrible times. Nine Bowls of Cream. Some you drained, some you spilt. And you gotta savor every saucer, cause there ain't any more, sir. But you live nine lives to the hilt. Join us next time for another edition of The Mark Stein Show. The Mark Stein Show is a production of Mark Stein Enterprises and Oak Hill Media.
All rights reserved.